Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of our Clone Wars rewatch, coming at you sooner than you probably thought. But uh, it's a double-down kind of week, because we're just trying to play catch-up from everything that's just been going on in life. We mm -hmm. talked a little bit about that in the previous Clone Wars rewatch, if you're curious about all that business. But nonetheless, we are here, and we bring Star Wars to you. I am your Herd leader, John Wayne. And I am your Herd mom, Megan, and I don't like catch-up very much. And that's a statement. Um, yeah, yesterday we, uh, dropped an episode about, uh, a couple of episodes to do with Mandalore, uh, and the corruption that's going on there, and now we're moving on to a few episodes. They're all independent episodes, um, you know, they're not a part of an arc or anything. Well, technically one is, but, uh, also technically not, but either way, um, you know, we took a very strict... We're watching all the episodes stance when we started this, and so uh, even though uh, one, maybe two of these could be considered filler, uh, we're talking about it anyway, because uh, we just couldn't decide what to cut, what not to cut, and at the end of the day, it's not like we are short on time to talk about the Clone Wars. We have years! Plenty of time, plenty of time, uh, you know, so anyway... Um, but yeah, so, uh, I decided to call this The Costs of War, uh, just cause we needed a title, and even though it's not yeah. an arc, we could at least name the group of episodes that it is, and all of these kind of do with something about the greater conflict. It's, it's something of a loss, or it's something of an unfortunate incident surrounded by the fact that war's going on. Yeah, a or, series of unfortunate incidents. Uh, basically. Um, and so I figured that would be a fancy little title there. Uh, but, yeah, so we're chugging along with, uh, everything. Um, and so we start with Season 3, Episode 7, Assassin. Yeah, yeah we're just jumping right into it today. We talked about a lot of stuff yesterday at the beginning of our episode, so... Yeah, not much to catch up on since then. Yeah. Unrelated note. Have you seen the robot for Big Dog lately? Mm-mm. You remember the, the YouTube videos of the the robot that they made to, like... It looks like this. I'm pointing to our... our <laughs> the current configuration that our mic uh, stand is in. No, I've not seen that. It's weird. Sorry. It just came out of nowhere. I saw, like, a passing by post of Big Dog, and I was... I'll show you videos afterwards, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's creepy. AI's gonna take over our future. Probably. I'm cool with it, as long as they all look like maids. They're probably nicer than our current overlords, so... Yeah. Um, so, Season 3, Episode 7, Assassin. Uh, the moral of this episode is, The future has many paths. Choose wisely. Hmm. That's good advice if you're, like, picking college, or your first career, or just in general. Yeah. There's, there's lots of ways to... There's believe, lots of options. Yeah. Or if you believe in multiverse theory. No. Okay. <laughs> It'd be nice. Uh, but no. This this is what we got, so be responsible. Yeah. Uh, and choose wisely. You only um, got one shot. Do not lose your chance. Because even though you might make amends for things as you move forward in life, there's no way to go backward. Yeah. So even if you don't like the way you went forward, all you can keep doing is keep going forward in a different direction. You can't really yeah. go back and change your mind it's not like gps it doesn't i mean you reroute but you don't just maybe that wasn't a good analogy but my point being 
It's not like you can just be like, oh, no, I'm going to go back to the starting line. Sharks. Nope. Got to keep going. Sharks, John. They keep moving forward. Uh, kangaroos also uh, cannot go backwards. Well, I imagine because of the tail. Yep, it's on the Austro- Australian uh, coat of arms because it's meant to represent that Australians don't back down. Uh, meet the Robinsons. Keep moving forward. There, there you go. go. All of <laughs> there's all of your your motivation. We don't even need mo- Monday motivations is canceled. You've just gotten all of the motivation you need I got one for more. like a week. I got one more. I got my favorite. If you got one leg in the past and one leg in the future, you're peeing on today. <laughs> Why did you have to say it like that? <laughs> because it reminds me of my grandpappy. Okay. Um, anyway, so the opening narration for this episode is Criminals Captured. Jedi Master Plo Koon and Padawan Ahsoka Tano successfully, tw- successfully thwarted an attempt on Mace Windu's life. I don't know why that sentence was so difficult. Killing Bounty Hunter Aura Singh. Mm. Killing Since that close. time, young Ahsoka has grown strong in the ways of the Force. Now, after several harrowing adventures along with, alongside her master, the two Jedi have reuni- returned goodness gracious, to the temple on Coruscant to receive their next mission. Good. It's been a long day. <coughs> It's been a very long day, guys. If I, if I cough, I, I I apologize. I know that there's no way that I can cough without our mic picking it up, but uh, let's yeah. get some asthma. Or me passing you some tissues. <laughs> I've just I've had a ridiculous cough that I cannot get rid of for some reason. <clears throat> oh, it's fine. Anyway, happening. the poison. Ah, there you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I love how it makes it sound like it's been a long time. I mean, yeah. Because there's no sense of time in these episodes. You know, you, you never know how long it's been since the last thing. Yeah. Um, it's been like a month. It, I mean, they insinuate it's been a while since the whole Boba Fett adventure. Um, so, mm-hmm. how long that is, who knows. It, I mean, I, I'd safe bet probably a month. It's been probably. like a month. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Ahsoka's all grown up now. She's a whole month older. Right. And I like how it says, like, all, all of these harrowing adventures, like, going to the grocery store with Anakin's not a harrowing adventure. I imagine it is, though. <laughs> yeah, anything like, with Anakin is harrowing. Ahsoka, we forgot milk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've seen how he drives. Um, so, Ahsoka is given a reluctant break to focus on her studies. There's a whole... It's... A very father-daughter conversation <laughs> It is the way that I kind of took it. Like, Anakin's like, eh, you, I got this. You, you, st- you stay home for the weekend. Stay home for the weekend, kid. Stay, go keep your mom company. Right. Uh, and, yeah, she's not very happy about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, we know that this won't be a very long break. Of course not, because yeah. we wouldn't have much of an episode. Yeah, we get to, uh, we get a scene of Ahsoka... Having a bad dream, and we know how those go in Star Wars. Mm. Uh, she begins having dreams of something bad that's going to happen. Uh, specifically, she sees Aura sing in those dreams. Well, she sees something in those dreams. Yeah, I, I, if if I remember, I don't. I think the big reveal is later. Yes, yes. That's I mean, we we can we can yeah. infer that it's that, but yeah, it's it, like it's clearer to us than I think it is to Ahsoka. Yeah, the way that. It originally kind of manifests itself, I think, is she's in the forest, and there's things all around her that, like, it, 
Yeah, well... Like little glimpses. Oh, right, right. No, wait. Okay, so yeah. So she's running through the forest, and then Aura catches her and says, yeah. you know... Uh, she will die. Yeah, something she'll like die. That. You won't be able to stop it or something like that. Something very, you know, cryptic and... But it's... it's yeah, it's not very clear that... Because, again, from the opening narration, Aura's dead. Aura's you know, dead with air quotes. So it's not really clear that... It, it mm-hmm. seems like it's a bad dream from her experience or something yeah. like that at first. Um... So, she, like many, many Jedi have done in the past, and will do, uh, she goes to see Yoda. What kind of, Papa like, Yoda. Uh, does he have a secretary? Like, that's what I was thinking, like, does she, did she call ahead and be like, Master Yoda, can I come to your office? Uh, on lunch I am. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> is he just supposed to use the force and infer, okay, is this important, or is it not, or blah, blah, Yeah. Because it's just like, a lot of people probably want to talk to Yoda. Yeah, right? Or, like, just... Go talk to Plo Koon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least you're going to get a straight answer. Well, at, I mean, it, yeah. they, the real answer is they couldn't get, I guess, James Arnold Taylor, or they didn't have him yeah. slated for this episode. Also, why is Yoda's office so dark? Meditation. Like, he always has, like, the, the slide, the, the blinds drawn. <laughs> dramatic uh, meditation lighting. Or just like me, where I just don't like to turn on lights during the day. Cause well, you're ginger, though. True. It hurts my skin. <laughs> We're currently recording this episode in a cave. I'm ha- I'm hanging from the ceiling, just FYI. <laughs> so, uh, she goes to see uh, Master Yoda, and he says, um, that he gives her basically the whole speech about, uh, these are visions, they, they're what could be, um, and he counsels, counsels her to be careful, but to take them seriously, which... Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You got instantly upset with that. <laughs> yeah, I did. Cause like, okay, we see a few times in in the in this prequel trilogy, Yoda being like, "Eh, search your feelings," that kind of thing. But in Episode Three, when Anakin comes to him with visions of Padme's death. Mm-hmm. Something very serious, which Yoda can probably tell, this is very important to him. He basically just says, eh, it will be or it won't. But with Ahsoka, he says, no, no, you need to take those seriously. You need to really pay attention to those kind of things. Like, what? what is this double standard? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's... Well, it, I know what the double standard it is. It serves... And, and this is why it would have been good if, it w- if she'd gone to Plo Koon, maybe. Yeah. Because it would have felt... More, it would have felt more natural then. Yeah. Not as kind of a, it wouldn't have felt like a, a contradiction, um, like in this instance. Um, but it is, I mean, it is frustrating because, you know, he tells Anakin to, oh, let it go. Uh, but with Ahsoka, it's like, and, I mean, I know it's just because the episode called for it. Like, we need yeah. Ahsoka to take these seriously or blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I think it would have felt more right if Yoda was a bit skeptical of, yeah. you know, be mindful of the future. Now, I mean... I mean, they were they were already kind of treating Anakin with kid gloves at that point. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, when he talks to Luke about it, you know, because Luke has visions of um, Han and Leia on Cloud City... And that's why he decides to go to Cloud City, uh-huh. you know, and he gets the whole thing of, you know, you you have to be careful with that. I, I wonder if maybe 
the, he even feels guilty for the way he handled Anakin with that. Yeah. I mean, I think we've seen that, you know, people realizing how much they've Kind of screwed failed. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where there's not a definitive, like, yeah. why. Yeah. Um, and it kind of it <clears throat> speaks into, like, he... This is completely off the rails, but, like, you know how he says... You do not believe, therefore you fail. Well, he doesn't say that, but, mm-hmm. you know. That's the connotation. Like, he didn't believe that the Sith were back. He didn't believe that Anakin was the chosen one, mm-hmm. I don't think. And that's why he failed. He certainly doubted it. I mean, we yeah. see that in Revenge of the Sith, too. He was he was with Mace about wondering if it was even if it was all even right. Yeah. Um, and that's why he failed. There you go. Yep. He's not just speaking to a child Vic- there. Victory He's... is in the mind. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the first victory is just deciding that you're going to win. Uh, that's, I mean, that's not necessarily to say that I think I'm going to win an Olympic gold medal, so I'm going to win. No. You know, it, but it's more of a, if you, if you have an attitude of victory, you're more likely to succeed yeah. or at least fail honorably kind of thing. Believe in yourself because so. no one else will. Yeah, it, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you don't get too caught up in it because... Yeah. It's just because of the episode. And I, I, yeah. I agree. That's the only reason I would have rather it been like Plo Koon or something. Yeah. Uh, it's just to inf- enforce, okay, that, you know, it makes sense why he would say, why he would believe her. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things, like, I think he, she could have used more of a father figure instead of a mentor, in a way, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You need the guidance of a father figure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so... She takes that advice to heart, you know, to take it seriously and to meditate on them uh, so that they would become clearer, which, if Anakin had done that, maybe... Well, (laughs) yeah. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know. Well, and I think it's also about the posture of the individual, because for Ahsoka, you know, she's scared because of who might get hurt. It's a very selfless kind of anxiety whereas with Anakin it's very selfish I don't want to lose this person that I'm dreaming about and to be fair he probably told no one other than Palpatine about well Palpatine and um, Padme about his dreams about his mother so it's not really clear whether or not they would have had the ability to be you know be like okay you know if Anakin's having visions it's serious yeah I mean just imagining the amount of like grief and also kind of shame in the same way kind of have if he would have mm-hmm. talked to somebody else about it. off topic we'll get to it <laughs> yeah that's for our <laughs> 10 things we love about revenge of the sith episode yeah. there anyway so yeah she's eventually able to figure out that her visions are about an assassination attempt on padme of course spooky um, so that's the she that Aura Singh was saying about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Padme is preparing to speak at, she's preparing to speak on Alderaan, uh, about the refugee crisis due to the war. Uh, since Padme can't be deterred from her duty, she goes anyway, and Ahsoka accompanies her. We get a really nice little scene of Ahsoka trying to convince Padme, is there anything, you can't go. There's, right. I'm, I'm gonna tell you everything that I've... Which, and she's, and she's not wrong, but, um, 
you know, Padme's also not wrong in the sense that, you know, fear is a, is a powerful weapon, and even if they didn't kill her, if they were able to scare her away from uh, standing up for what she believes in, that's just as good. Yeah. Uh, although, we'll learn that's not what it's about. It's not about politics or anything like that. But the point still stands that Padme was right to continue to stand up for what she believed in because yeah. at least die believing in what you believed in. Uh, you know, you're, you're more likely to have people that will stand behind you yeah. In that instance. I will say, like, if there was someone who died for what... Or if there was someone who would have died for what they believed in completely, truly, honestly, it would have been Padme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And on the trip over, we get we get another really nice Padme and Ahsoka scene. Like, I, I told you... Oh, yeah, when they're playing the chess. It's so sweet. Like, she gives her some really nice mom advice. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just, it makes my heart go bubbles. You know well, I mean? yeah, because, you know, Ahsoka's having the struggle of... Because, I mean, it's the thing with the Force. It's like, is it real? Is it not real? What, is me yeah. doing this going to make it real? You know, in Anakin's instance. Or is it... Yeah me seeing what's going to happen regardless, like, you know, there, there's a lot of mm -hmm. uncertainty for her, and, I mean, she's, again, she's, like, 13, so it's a lot yeah. to deal with. She's a kid. Mm-hmm. Going on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. <laughs> <laughs> well. References. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, that's the last time someone went on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Ahsoka has another vision that is very real to her, uh, and we get a nice creepy reveal of Aura Singh as the assassination culprit. Yeah, good good jump scare there. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, the, I, I, I give credit to Dave Filoni yeah. because he's kind of the director of all of it. I know he might not have necessarily directed these, this episode or yeah. some of the other episodes that do really well with the horror and stuff like that, oh, yeah. but... Certainly him kind of casting Vision helps. Yeah. Uh, and so in lieu yeah, of me vision. doing proper research uh, to, you know, give credit to the actual director of this episode, if it wasn't Dave Filoni, mm -hmm. um, yeah, they, like they know how to do it well where it's like it's it's a scare but it's appropriate yeah. kind of thing. It's, uh, it's very kind of 80s slasher in a way because we yeah. get panning shots through the hallways, we get uh, aura coming through a vent, in yeah. a way. Like, well, it, and then, it's very neat. you know, it's like, it reminds me how, of, like, during the Brain Invaders episode, where mm. you see, you just see the silhouette of Barris in the background while yes. Ahsoka's doing her, it's one of That's those, very it's very James Wan, where it's like, you see the background, but they don't see the background, yeah. and you're, like, trying to tell them. Oh. And so James it's one Wan's of those instances where it's like, it, it, it just really... Yeah. Really good directing and, and just really good uh, vision. Yeah, yeah. blah, blah. Uh -huh. there, there are some directors who do that very well of, like, that, the character is not getting the full picture, but you, the audience, are, is. Yeah. Well, and it, it could have been very easy to make this silly of yeah. about the visions and everything, but I think, I think they did yeah. well with it overall. Yeah. Um, so, Ahsoka... Reacting to the vision, pulls an Anakin and jumps up on Padme's bed with a lightsaber at the ready. It's very Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I thought that was funny. It's very dramatic. Just like she's just standing up there waving a 
A lightsaber. Which, I mean, to be fair, you know, if it felt as real as it was... Yeah. You know, if you're... Roll, if you, it, it's, it's one of those times when the vision and reality kind of don't have an mm-hmm. ending line. Yeah. And so, you know, from our perspective, we understand how she could have, how she took it so seriously. But, of course, it, it doesn't help her confidence in herself because it's like, you know, you probably think I'm an idiot now. Yeah. So. Which, she undoubtedly learned that from Anakin, better, by the way. Better that she be overprotective in that instance. Exactly. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, um, when they arrive on Alderaan, we, we, piff, 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 piff. Ugh. Uh, we find out that Aura is, in fact, on Alderaan when mm-hmm. they when they get there. Um, even with Ahsoka and all of the guards, she almost manages to snipe Padme from the upper balcony during her speech. Mm-hmm. During the uh, summit, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, th- I, think it's, I think it would be categorized as a summit. They may, they may yeah. have even called it that. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of people in a room. Well, it seems like Bale brought... Padme there to enforce upon I have, they're all dressed very similar so I have to assume they're all Alderanians so kind of be like, hey <laughs> can you tell them how important it is to be active in helping refugees due yeah. to the war kind of thing? Oh. That's what it seems like it is. What I would not give for a Padme to be in Congress. Oh gosh. Oh. So, so much would get done. She'd be president. Well, no, I'm not going to make that comment. <laughs> <laughs> I could though. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Ahsoka, um, she knocks Aura out of the way before it's it actually snipes Padme. Because she was aiming for the head, but she only hit her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And somehow, they don't even, they don't recognize each other. Well, well no, she, yeah, she does. Aura doesn't recognize, well, she does later. Oh, well, yeah, okay, Aura doesn't recognize her. Ahsoka yes. does recognize Aura. Yes. Um, well, to be fair, I mean, she, she ran pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, though, that it was, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Ahsoka could have pursued a little bit more. Yeah, instead of, like, stopping at the end of the hallway. (laughs) Yeah, but it was a very clear, like, oh, well. I mean, even even when she comes back and checks on Padme, she's like, I did, you know, did you, did you catch the assessment? It's like, I saw her, but she ran away. Yeah. Um... And after this, we get a very nice scene again with Padme and Ahsoka. Uh, Padme is recovering from her wound on her shoulder in the hospital wing, I guess. And uh, Ahsoka yet again begs her to like, "Can we please go?" Oh yeah, <laughs> Can- yeah. Even Mom. Bale, even Bale agrees at that point. Which, to be fair, yeah. I agree with. Yeah, definitely. But again, she thinks it's from a political standpoint that they're trying to. Someone's trying to deter her from speaking. Yeah. Um, and so that's why she refuses. I, I I understand, given the context that she has, why she would choose to go on. Because, you know, who else would want to kill her except for a political agenda? Yeah. You know? Um, but they do come up with a very nice plan uh, using a, what I call a sexy bot. <laughs> Cause, yeah, like, the, the, the female, the fembot. Yeah, because uh, we get a fembot in a robe, in a very Padme way. Just yeah, like but using it's a also decoy. one of those things, like, it was obviously a decoy. Yeah, like, I mean from the room around them, but maybe someone from an upper level, because they were expecting her to strike there again. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. When they don't really explain how she figured out it was a decoy, just yeah. that she apparently knew. And if she knew where Padme's room was, wouldn't you go there first? Yeah, we get know. we get a very nice kind of switcheroo scene mm-hmm. where Ahsoka has a vision of Aura going down a hallway. And that's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't realize that she's not going to the place that she was previously. She... Oh my goodness. Is in fact heading to Padme's room. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. <laughs> I'm Happens. sorry. Uh but uh, yet again, Ahsoka and her helpful visions help her to protect Padme. And I love the fact that in the end it is Padme that brings Aura <laughs> down. Yeah, that yeah. Um uh Ahsoka gives a good fight, but and I mean it was actually really clever. Uh, of Padme to kind of use, not m- not in a bad way, but to use Ahsoka in front of her as a means of getting her weapon. Yeah. Uh, so that she could catch Aura off guard. Yeah. That was actually, I mean, it was really clever. Yeah. Um, so after Aura has been taken, she's been decommissioned, I'll say, and taken into custody, Ahsoka's vision help yet again as they give clues to who the mastermind was behind uh, the hit, I guess. Because mm-hmm. Newsflash, it was not political. It was purely revenge. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it turns out, <laughs> with the clues that with the clues that are given, Padme figures out that it is Zero the Hut, <laughs> one of my favorite characters in the Clone Wars. <laughs> you're you're the only one. <laughs> yeah. No, no, probably. I'm okay not, with it. But yeah, um, who it's. Padme's fault that Zero is in jail currently mm-hmm. uh, after the incident with Rada and Jabba, which I've told you, I'm going to say it again, if we get a pug or any kind of fat chubby dog, <laughs> their name's going to be Rada. <laughs> and I'm going to call him Stinky. Yes. And after some very campy monologuing, uh, ne- Zero confesses that, yep. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a very, like, Oops, I, did I say that kind of moments? Like, um, yeah. I love I love Anakin, though, when he looks very surprised, but also proud when Ahsoka clearly lies about, like, no, Aura told us everything. Yeah, which is a very, like, cop. It's a very move. Anakin thing, really. Totally. Uh, so I think, I, I love that moment where he's like, what? Yeah, if, if the Jedi Knights were blue bloods, he'd be Donnie Wahlberg. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's so funny. I, I enjoyed that little moment. But yeah. um, it was a nice way to bring Zero kind of back into the yeah. lime, uh, limelight a little bit. And uh, in good timing because he's going to have a few episodes later on yeah. as well. So it was a nice way to reintroduce him and also remind us that Aura's still out there. Yeah, as we'll talk about kind of in our... Uh... Women of the Galaxy Rogues episode. I'm always a fan of seeing other huts. Gardula. Oh. Yeah. Sure. I didn't <laughs> know she was going on the list, but okay. Yes, she is. Okay. All right. Cool. Just for my love of huts. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty good episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and what's interesting is after 20 years, we finally know what Aura species is, thanks to the latest episode of Star Wars Resistance. Yay! What is it? Uh, it is Polyduvian. 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 Polyduvian? Polyduvian. Yeah. 
Thanks to um, a character with one of the coolest names. Yeah, there's uh, another Paula Dubin uh, in Star Wars Resistance. Res Paula <coughs> Hey. Her name is Valak. Laugh. Dying. Uh, yes, that's what I was trying to say. Her name is Valak, uh, and she looks just as awesome as Aura with that kind of just yeah. creepy but also appealing No motif. antenna. Yeah. I'm a fan of well, that. Well, that was just an Aura thing. Yeah. I, I hate I hate Aura's antenna. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a really cool and interesting character Well, we can't all choice. afford Bluetooth, Megan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Someone please draw her with, like, one of the Mickey Mouse antenna caps oh, that you gosh. can buy at Disney. Please, <laughs> That's someone. Artists. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good episode. I, I'm glad, but I'm also, I wouldn't say frustrated, but it kind of bothers me that it never comes up again with Ahsoka about visions or anything. Yeah, it's one of those, like, one-off, oh, you learned your lesson kind of episodes. Right, It's but it's like, okay, so... Why was that so important that the Force gave her visions and so forth and so on? It's just one of those things where it's like, there's there's a lot that if you start to question it, it doesn't work. But if you just l treat it as a fun episode and go with it, mm -hmm. you know, well, why did Yoda give her that advice instead of the advice he gave Anakin? And why why did the Force let her have visions about this but not others? Because it's a TV show. <laughs> it, it, it's just one of those where it's like, this is the story they wanted to tell for an episode it works for this episode, and it's yeah. probably just never going to come up again. But yeah, it if you have a problem with plot holes in Clone Wars, just remember it's a TV show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just one of those where they had they had more of an idea of what they wanted to do than how it was going to fit into everything else necessarily. Yeah, and, and that's fine end. sometimes. In the end, we got a we got a good episode. Yeah, and that's the only reason I'm okay with it, is because it's such a good episode. Now, if it didn't execute well, then I'd be a little bit more frustrated, because it's like, you, you did all this convoluted stuff and didn't even give a, give a good episode. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good episode. Come um, on, y'all. So, moving on from that, so that was... So, th again, this is one where it's a lot of independent episodes, not yeah. uh, an arc. So, that was episode 7 of season 3, that now we're moving to episode 2 of season three. Do we have to? Yep. Why? Yep, yep, yep. No, I, I was I was waiting for this one. I know you were. <laughs> uh, it's Arc Troopers is the episode. Yeah, I know it's going to be a fun episode when John will not look at me for the whole <laughs> of the episode until I... I don't want to give you any reactions. Ugh, I hate it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, this episode originally, being episode two, it followed directly after Clone Cadets. Um... When, in fact, chronologically, Clone Cadets happens very, very early on uh, in the in the season. And so, um, this is when it actually takes place, which is pretty interesting. Um, because, technically, it's part of what's called Domino Squad arc. But all of those episodes, you can't just go from one episode to the next episode to the next episode like it follows yeah. directly. They happen over a span of very many months. Um, you know, you go from the time when these guys were cl uh, actual cadets uh, to when they were, you know, new uh, rookies to now when they're a little bit more seasoned. Yeah. Uh, and that's also shown through the fact that they've got um, very 
painted up and you know they they yeah, no marked up their armors and, and and everything and they've got the cute little uh fur heavy uh emblem oh, uh and so it's really that cool ruined me when i found out about <laughs> that i was i sent you a text mhm uh cuz i was scrolling through and i was looking up stuff for you know curiosities and i saw that and i was like john yeah. I'm gonna cry. It's really cute. <laughs> so season three, episode two, Arc Troopers. Moral of this episode is fighting a war tests a soldier's skills. Defending his home tests a soldier's heart. Mm. Point Which eight. are two different things because what what it's... Obviously this takes the war quote-unquote home for the clones because it's yeah. gonna involve Kamino. But in this it's more of and this almost goes along with some of the ideas from The Last Jedi in the sense of, are you fighting a war or are you protecting your home? Yeah. Kind of things. Because one takes skill, one takes heart. Uh, and now ultimately, what you give would be a blend of the two. Yeah. But your your motivations are two different things mm-hmm. uh, in those instances. And so it's kind of the same thing of... You know, are you just trying to fight a war to destroy an enemy, or are you fighting a war to save what you love kind of thing? Yeah. Are you out for revenge, or are you out for protection of yeah. the things that you care about? Well, and because it, ch- I mean, when your motivations change, the outcome kind of can change, too. So, um, the yeah. opening narration for this episode is, Separatist attack. After the destruction of the Republic outpost on the Rishi moon, General Grievous and Asajj Ventress plan an attack on the planet Kamino home of the cloning factories. Meanwhile, aboard a Jedi cruiser, Jedi Knights Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi examine an intercepted message from General Grievous. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> let's get into it. You'll be okay. I'll be alright. Um, listen, if I get emotional, forgive me. There's a lot going on. <laughs> I got, I, I'm worried about my boys, and for good reason. Um, so, as you said, this is technically a sequel to the episode Rookies. Um, the Rishi outpost was in place to warn Kamino of any attempted attack, and after Heavy blew it up to wipe out the droids and warn the Republic, I guess they never fixed it, because the Separatists are pre- are preparing to invade! Yeah, because that really doesn't come up again. Yeah. Uh, and again, just like the last episode where it's like, it just insinuates an amount of time, but it doesn't tell us how long. Yeah. It's kind of like... So, you didn't rebuild the Rishi Outpost? Yeah, like, that seems a little... Did they basically just say, eh, well, they're probably not going to attack Kamino anyway? I mean, it's not like we're storing... It's one of those things, I mean, well, and you'd feel like you'd be constantly worried about that. I mean... Yeah. With the idea that it's known that they're clones, it's like... Okay, as soon as they figure out the cloning facility, shouldn't it constantly be under attack? Yeah, like... Or attempted attack. That's something I think about a lot, is like, how did the public react to the fact, oh, there's clones walking around. Sick. Yeah, well, and that <laughs> that would be a perspective that'd be interesting to have more of, yeah. because, uh, yeah, it seems like it's just kind of accepted that, oh, this is our army now. Cool, thanks. Yeah. But, and 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 nobody really questions where it came from. No. It's just like, oh, that's convenient. Uh, this guy named Master Cephidius put a down payment on. Right, so, it's just like, okay, go. why? Like, and that would have been a big thing, uh, 
which, I mean, the Jedi might have buried that because if a Jedi went out and commissioned this clone army, it could could have been a pretty serious fight there because yeah. it's like, why is a Jedi going out and commissioning an army? Is yeah. it for the Republic or is it against the Republic? Like, obviously Palpatine knows, but in a different scenario, there's a lot that would go wrong with yeah. all of this. Also, Master Sepidius's name is spelled nothing like I thought it would be. It's spelled so weird. Hmm. Um, so, they head up to Camino to warn everyone, and it allows for us to get a little fives and echo time. They're our last remaining members of Domino Squad, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they get to have a little bit of a reunion as they run into 99, my favorite clone. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they have to tell him about Heavy. Yeah. So that was, that was a moment of all of the feels, because, as you remember from the episode, um... Rookies. Rookies, yes. Oh, uh, well, no, uh, Clone Cadets, yes. when you gave him the medal. Yeah. I, I gotcha. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um... Well, and that's the beauty of watching these chronologically. I mean, even whether you watch them back-to-back -back or, you know, in our instance of watching them in order of events, even still, you know, it's so much better than... Because Rookies was like the fourth, fifth... It was very early in season one. Oh, yeah. So seeing Rookies and then seeing Cloak Cadets and you're just like, okay, so now we're getting a little bit more of these guys. And then go right into this where it's like, okay, now... You know, it's hard to deal with a lot of it and... Uh, unlike when it's taken in order like this, where mm -hmm. you're you're able to see them grow, and then the camaraderie in rookies is all the more great. Yeah, and it's it really, to the point that yeah. even those clones you didn't think matter, like droid bait and cut up, like you know, you feel their deaths. <laughs> right, all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? That that was yeah. that guy from Clone Cadets, and then going into this one of like, oh wow. It's been months, and 99 has kept that medal. Yeah. You know, it. the emotion is so much thicker yeah. when you take it in chronologically. It is. It makes me sad. I love it. I know you do. You drink <laughs> my tears in a porcelain cup. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, as for the battle, Grievous shows up and begins throwing his ships at the Republic fleet. The it Republic feet. <laughs> stinky, stinky feet. Absent feet. Um... Yeah, it's what turns out to be a very clever plan. He's kind of putting his ships up front to be like, Oh no! Oh no! You're attacking my ships! Oh no! What will I do? Mm-hmm. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anakin is in the space battle, as usual. Of because course. he's a pilot, you know. Um, and everything looks like a pretty easy win. That has Obi-Wan suspicious. Yeah. I will say, his suspicion is fine. Yeah. But him being like, hmm, I think it has something to do with the debris. <laughs> it's like, okay, I get you're suspicious, but that's really on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> that's always bothered me because it's like, what made you, what made him specifically latch onto that? Like, yeah. it could have been anything, but he's like, Hmm, it, I'm sure it has to do with the debris. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. It's, with what context? Spoiler alert, guys, it has something to do with the debris. Obviously. <laughs> and a very cool ship that I really liked. Um, sure enough, 
they were right. The droids had hidden a smaller invasion of sh <laughs> had hidden parts of smaller invasion ships in the debris and were building them underwater. Very cool sequence. Yeah, so basically, it looks like the ships are getting destroyed, but in fact, I'd have to imagine they're jettisoning. Yes. Yeah. Jettisoning. 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 Yes. Jettisoning. Uh, Stop saying it. it's going to lose all money. <laughs> they start jettisoning the stuff because otherwise it'd be a little too risky to be like, oh yeah, put it there. They're definitely going to shoot there. But I think in the in the fray of everything, you know, and then it falls and they have droids underwater ready to put things together. And it's just, yeah, it's very, very clever. It had to be Dooku's plan because Ventress nor Grievous have shown enough <laughs> And that might offend some people, but it's just like, that's, it's not in their record uh, to have been able to come up with this. I, yeah. I, I, I feel like it had to be Dooku, but yes. that's just me. Definitely. Or um, the tactical droid. No. <laughs> you turned no. into Palpatine there for a second. No! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we watched John Laney's last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I have been slowly introducing John to John <laughs> Oh, goodness. But yeah, it's very clever. I definitely, I no, I definitely don't think it was a tactical Yeah. Thing. So, Obi-Wan goes underwater to kind of scope things out, and Anakin was over on the bench, so he didn't do anything. <laughs> well, yeah, he's still up in space. He was over on the bench. Um, so yeah, we get some really cool sequences with a very cool ship. Tell me about it, John. Oh, so uh, the ships they're building are Trident-class assault ships. Uh, you know, Trident, because Neptune, because water. And also they have three legs. I mean, they could have been... No, they don't. They have four. Uh-uh. They have three. Four. Okay. Trust me. Because it's a it's a thing when they uh, swim slash fly. It's they, all... They have, yeah. It's like... Up and down and side to side, and I'm doing so many visuals that you our audience doing can't so read. So many visuals, and I'm loving all of them. Please <laughs> anyway, do it again. Anyway, um, jellyfish. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I feel like they could have called it more things because it doesn't look like a trident. Yeah. And and now, if it had three legs, I'd give it to you, but it doesn't have three legs. I thought it had three legs. Mm mm. Fine. Uh, and Ventress actually uses a smaller version of this, uh, that we see in the 2008 movie and at the beginning of this episode. Um, but, uh, here the Aqua Droids are making bigger ones that actually have drills at the bottom so that they can actually penetrate the city buildings and deploy droids. So they're almost like the droid deploy pods, but with legs, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, so Obi-Wan calls upon Anakin to come back and defend the city. And Anakin's all like, um, I'm in space, bro. <laughs> um, well, he he goes, but I've always been like, wait, so he just left the battle? Did he, like, tell anybody, or, like, did mm -hmm. he just... I don't know, it's one of those things where it's like, can you do that? Is yeah. that protocol? He probably was, like, to his clones. <sighs> he could have stayed in space and we could have gotten more shock tea, let's be honest. Honestly. on it. By the way, we get some shock tea in this A little bit, but, yeah, but, I mean, think of the potential. If, if, if Anakin had been a pilot and just stayed up there and... Just, in junk. Whatever. I'm not bitter. So Anakin tells his buddies, my dad's calling. I gotta go home. Um, <laughs> we assume. Bye, guys. And so he's told to secure the clone template while Obi-Wan goes after Grievous. Uh, turns out that they have, like, a Rolodex of the clone DNA. They don't just have 
No, well, know. that's what I was curious about because it looks like I mean you could take it one one of two ways. I mean, well, no, she takes Django's template. Mm-hmm. So what are all the other notches? Who else are they working on? What Shakti. Is, what in the world? More um, Shakti. It's just one of those... Th- now, and, and here's another thing. Okay, so, you know, Ventress has the proper question of, why can't I just destroy it? He's like, no, it could unlock new possibilities, which is such a cheap answer. First of all, okay, your boss's boss knows that he's going to take over and the clones will actually be his. Why is he, why is he encouraging them to steal the template? Ruckus. Now, if they were going to go destroy the template, I could understand that. But to steal it, it's like, why? What what possibilities would it... You don't... Taking the template gives you nothing. You would need the cloning technology. The mm-hmm. template is just DNA. So yeah. it's like, what new possibilities are you going to get from from that? Do you have your own cloning machine? None of these, an, none of these questions are answered, and it bugs me. I mean, it's one. It's it's one of those cool. Ep- it's a it's a great episode. It's a great action-packed, awesome episode. There's so much to love about it. But it's those kinds of things where it's like. In the What's pre- the point? In the previous episode, I could let go because it's like, it really doesn't have any bearing that some of that stuff continue. In this instance, it has a lot of bearing as to why. Yeah. Yeah, why do you want to... Why? <laughs> why do you... Because you, you're basically stealing what's already yours, and you're stealing something that would be absolutely useless to you. <laughs> I just... I don't know. It's... it's. I don't... I just... I don't quite understand the point there, but that's because just Because the me. plot called for it. There it, you go. Ex- that's what it is. That's all it is. The script said it, so there you go. Um, so, Obi-Wan goes after Grievous, as usual. Of course. Um, and that means that Anakin faces off with Ventress, of course, who has finally arrived. So, fun point. Okay, so, when she arrives, she gets a cool little introduction, because a clone is kind of, it's a few clones, but, um, all of his buddies are shot down, mm-hmm. and so, but he keeps fighting the droids on his own. He's doing pretty well. He's an art trooper, uh, and... I want to say his name is Blitz or something like that. Oh, no, it's Colt. It's Colt, I believe. Um, And he's doing pretty well, but then he starts getting choked from nowhere, and obviously that's Ventress's intro. Uh, And um, she impales him on her lightsaber and then kisses him. Um, Gross. That was actually the first instance that Cartoon Network censored the show. Uh, they no kiss, no kiss, and the stabbing was only implied. Uh, and I feel like it has something to do with the fact that he didn't have his helmet on, because then he looks like a person. Because mm. you, you see, we accept a lot about the clones in in death and all because they're helmeted. You don't see blood and all that. Instance, they don't look like people. So, for censorship reasons, there's a lot you can get away with. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what it was, but I it, it was one of those things that made me think of, like, did it have to do with because his helmet was off and we could see it was a person? Mm-hmm. Or so forth and so on. But, yeah, it, yeah was, the, it was it was interesting that it took th- to season three for them to yeah. censor something. I, the I mean, Cartoon Network execs were just, like, waving their right. fists. It's people! Right. It, well... And they won't. They they're fine with Hondo being like, "Is that my Ill- illegitimate child?" But yeah. no, you you kiss a dead man, and that's too much. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Gross. I just thought that was a fun fun yeah. thing. Uh, we get some really good fight choreography, as is the usual with the Clone Wars. Well, this I thought was I thought this was extra special. Yeah, it was very good. Because it definitely wasn't as flary as usual. Um, I don't know. I feel like they were feeling their episode four kind of style of choreography. Could be just me, but it felt it felt more like that than your usual prequel fighting. Yeah. Um. We get like ten seconds of Shakti. Oh yeah. Yeah, of her taking out some cool droids. And that's and it. And that's it. <laughs> yep. One of my favorite female Jedi. Yeah. Gone. And I saw something somebody mentioned because they they now they were talking specifically about Grievous, uh, and how different he is from Tartakovsky's Clone Wars series to basically anything else. Uh huh. And you know how they kind of had to come to peace with it, and I think it's the same thing with Shakti, where it's like we got so much great action of Shakti in in that series that it's like kind of have to let it go to accept what we get here. Mm-hmm. But it's just frustrating because it was so great. Yeah. It was such a great series. It's I don't very know. Good. I'm bitter. Yeah. Um, so we also get uh, Echo and Fives uh, while they move from their original sniping position when they run into 99 and several clone cadets. Uh, so we're getting babies and 99 in the same. <laughs> yeah. And I'm very happy. Nine and 99. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, he can't play with Legos anymore. Darn. No. Um, so they head to the barracks for a little bit of a better defense, and they run into Rex and Cody. Yay! For some reason. <laughs> because Rex and Cody are rad. <laughs> right. Uh, their defense goes well, but when they run out of munitions... 99 bravely volunteers to get more, but is shot down in the process, and he keeps going Yeah. for so long. I will say I feel frustrated because yeah. I've always been bothered with this because I'm fine that they killed 99. I'm fine that they want to make me emotional. Uh-huh. But it's also like, what was the point of him getting more grenades? I like, know. it felt like such a... Yeah. He didn't need to do that. Yeah. It's one of those things, like, the first impact of the first shot, you're surprised. Oh, yeah, well, and that, you know, and then, so it kind of comes in with a bit of a symbol, and then you get some music going on, and you don't really hear as much going on in the background, you yeah. just hear kind of the music, and it really adds to the, yeah. emo- I'm not gonna, I, it's still a very emotional thing. Oh, yeah, thing. definitely. I think he gets shot three, three or four times. times. Yeah, he gets yeah. shot once in the back of the leg, and then twice in the back, um, and it's just one of those things where it's just like being so emotionally heavy. I just wish it had been like, oh, maybe he was trying to m- get a clone cadet out of the way from getting shot or something. Yeah. I, I, I just, for him to be like, oh, you need more grenades. Let me go get more grenades. I feel like 99 would have had enough sense to be like, you know, now's clearly not a time to go get more grenades. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I think it's because it's, it's like, here emotionally yeah when it could be here emotionally yeah by the way john has placed his <laughs> hand at a lower <laughs> level and then when he spoke the second part of the sentence he raised it higher <laughs> yes thank you Brilliant. um but yeah it's just one of those things where it's like 
it's super emotional, but I know it could be more if I wasn't caught up thinking like, why would you do that, 99? Come on. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Why would Dave Filoni do that? Because, because emotions. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. He wants, he wants to crush those. He loves to kill what we love. I hate everything. He makes us fall in love with things and then takes them away from us. He killed my puppy. Dave Filoni. Um, so, checking back in with our Jedi boys. Of course, Grievous escapes again. Okay, this one had me frustrated because they barely did anything. Like, almost as soon as Obi-Wan shows up, they have a little bit of a, you know, they clash their sabers a little bit, and then he's like, oh, and runs away. Yeah, foiled again, cape over the face, you know, oh that kind God, of thing. Oh, golly, do something. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling Jedi. Goodness gracious. Um, and Ventress almost gets away from Anakin with the template, but thanks to some clone backup and the Force, uh, she is also... She she also escapes. Mm-hmm. Re- she retreats on the same ship as Grievous. Yeah, I the think. little Saiyan pod. <laughs> yeah, like I I I appreciated that capsule core on the side. Well, it's like cool ship, but like, is that a Kaminoan ship? How does he know how to fly it? I I don't know. It's it's too fancy to be separatist tech, definitely. Yeah, he stole that. Mm. He stole the boat, John. Um, in the end. Uh, Rex promotes Fives and Echo to ARC Troopers mm-hmm. in a very nice scene. Um, and I'm just I'm just happy to see Fives and Echo in general, and even happier to see them moving up in the world. Because they were the first clones that I cared about. Mm-hmm. And you knew this. Mm-hmm. And you shattered my dreams. Well, it, it won't be long until we actually get to see them in full ARC Trooper regalia, which is nice. Um, yeah. It's a couple, it's a couple episodes later. It's a few, well, I think three or so episodes, and then we get the Citadel arc, which is just good stuffs. <laughs> good stuffs. Yeah, um, the only victory for the Separatists is this is the amount of damage that they cause to the cloning facility. Dead babies. Yeah. They... We're not gonna lie. That, yeah, that, there were a lot of There were dead babies in this episode. Yeah, you see a bunch of... Like a lot. Yeah. A, a lot. Like, yeah. when when the when the Trident ships are breaking into the building, it shakes the thing so much that, like, a whole disc of pods, which probably has a couple hundred, falls and takes, like, three or four more. Yeah. That, that's a lot of clone babies gone. Yeah. Let's, let's be real. That's crazy. So... I mean, they didn't get the template, but they, they did do some damage, yeah, I guess. Definitely. I don't know. That one, I actually never thought about that yeah. until this viewing. I was like, "Those are kids!" oh my gosh. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like, you, yeah. had to, you had to almost imagine, like, when they're reviewing the episode, they're like, oh, why do they hang their lights like that? Oh, no reason. Yeah. Like, don't explain that. Oh, those are, those are, uh babies yeah you know those are embryos and babies and whatnot no that they're just yeah light bulbs fancy light bulbs i don't know i too <laughs> like to run my house on fetus power <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh goodness yes. um yeah i don't know why that never stuck out to me before uh but i guess yeah. that's the beauty of rewatching is you know, you catch those things that you're you're normally missing. You kind of just treat it like, oh, debris, but, it, you know, life. That's life. One of my favorite performer names is Roxanne Debris. <laughs> Roxanne Debris. 
<laughs> oh, that was a good one. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, man. That was a good one. Moving on from that to uh, the next episode. Um, season 3, episode 4. So we're just bouncing all around here. Uh, this time we had episode 7, 2, and now 4. Goodness gracious. Um, but episode 1 and 3 we've already talked about. Episode 1 was Clone Cadets. Episode 3 was Supply Lines. So yeah, it's funny that those moved all the way to season 1. Yeah. <laughs> um, yet again, though, and, and I forgot to mention this on the last one, especially with like the choreography. A lot of the animation is so great. Oh, yeah. It's um, much better. And I'm going to specific... Well, it's not. When we go to Tatooine in this episode, um, you lovely. actually see dust particles floating around. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really crazy how how much better the the work got. And I, it's clearly because it started making more money. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's just like... You don't catch it unless you do go... Chrono even going from... Um, the idea of, uh, you know, watching a season three episode in season one. You know, you're going from supply lines to, uh, uh, what's it called, ambush. It's like the animation quickly devolves. It, it's, you know, and it's, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's season one. Yeah. Like I said, it started earning more money and they were able to do more. And you gotta think, like, it, it, this was revolutionary for its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It goes to show, like, never never take for granted how much how much money will get you in, in digital effects, you know. I mean, it's like a tattoo. Like, you can get a tattoo for $5, but really you should pay 50 at least. At the very least. Uh, but, I mean, if you got a $500 tattoo, you know, masterpiece. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. But, anyway, uh, so season four, uh, season four, not there yet. Season 3, Episode 4, Sphere of Influence. Sphere. I always get confused with this one because the title doesn't make me think of the episode. No, it makes no sense. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like I read Sphere of Influence and I'm like, what is that episode about? But you talk to me about the episode with the blue people and the kidnapped daughters and I'm like, oh, I know that episode. Yeah, it's and weird. The, the lady in the blanket. It's not a blanket. What is it? It's it's kind of, I mean, I guess it has to be a Pantorn equivalent to a hijab or something. Yeah, kind of like a full body burqa. I yeah. Guess. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I don't know the words. Um, Because they, they seem to have a lot of ceremonial garb. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, Papanoida has the very... Has a very funny full, hat. Full, yeah, it's like a hat cover. It, it's, it's one of those things. I, we don't know enough about the culture to know. It's the mix between a hat and a blanket. There you go. Sure. <laughs> they're blue, so they're clearly cold, okay? <laughs> they come from a snow planet. So, yeah. the moral of this episode is, a child stolen is hope lost. And it's one of those where it's like, is that a moral, or is it just, just really true? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm just like, I can't say much about that, because, I mean, yeah, I mean, like... It's like, a penny saved is a penny earned. Yeah, you got yeah. a penny. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's it's, the point. Yeah, it's... 
I don't really know what you're going for there. I mean, my idea of a moral is that it should teach me something. You know, it should enforce a lesson. In this one, it's not really teaching me anything. I, it's pretty clear that if a child gets kidnapped, that's bad news. Just failed. Failed. Um. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Good. Ah, goodness gracious. Uh, the opening narration for this episode is Pantora in peril. That's my closed mouth scream. <laughs> the newly elected chairman of Pantora, Baron Papanoida, is caught in a deadly political game. The Trade Federation has blockaded Pantora and suspended all commerce. Oh my goodness, <laughs> commerce with the system. Isolated from the rest of the Republic, the people of Pantora are beginning to rally against the Senate, who have seemed unsympathetic to their plight. To make matters worse, Count Dooku has come forward offering aid in if Pantora joins the Separatist Alliance. Chairman Papanoida has dispatched Senator Chuchi uh, to Coruscant with hopes that she can motivate the Senate to act in favor of Pantora before Lot Dodd can legitimize the blockade. Yeah. It's basically the Phantom Menace. Basically. Look, we get it. <laughs> You're well, a trade federation. It's it's a legitimate form of... Inter- in, of uh, What's the word? Intimidation. Intimidation. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, basically... You, I mean, look at Mandalore. Look at what they're having to do because they can't get resources. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, cutting off supply lines is a big motivator to either joining or, you know, doing something irresponsible. Um, and you have to imagine, I mean, this is kind of the same... It, it could have played out very similarly for... Uh, Padme in The Phantom Menace. Um, you know, in this, they kidnapped the Baron's daughters. Spoiler alert. You know, yeah. but, I mean, Qui-Gon said, you know, it makes no sense. Like, if you stay, they're going to kill you. Like, he knew, like, it's not going to go good either way. Mm-mm. Now, at that time, there weren't separatists, so they didn't have... They weren't trying to get them to join. They were trying to just pl- uh, point out the holes in the in the Senate, and now they're just further exploiting it. Yeah. Definitely. So, now me saying it's like The Phantom Menace isn't necessarily like, oh, it's a bad... It's a good yeah. episode. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it shows they have one kind of tactic. Yeah. The Trade Federation loves blockades. Oh, yeah. We'll learn that. Well, they got big old honking horseshoe ships, which just make no sense, so... Well, it doesn't have to be aerodynamic. It's space. But it's like... it. It's just... I don't know. I always assumed it's kind of like a cultural icon, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Well, they do just design their um, shuttles off of uh, a beetle, yeah. the Sheathapede from their planet. So maybe it's a similar creature. Yeah, maybe it's like the Geonosians and their cloister ship. Yeah, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the word is oyster. Well, I know what you mean. I get animals mixed up with Pokemon sometimes. <laughs> Yep. But, uh, yeah, I knew what you meant. Yeah. Now, but it is interesting to see, like, some of these creatures and characters and species and be like, what made you make that aesthetic choice? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a curious thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as we said, this episode brings back a very lovely, familiar face, which is Kiel Chuchi. Mm-hmm. I love her. I love her so much from the top of her blue head down to her, I assume, blue feet. I don't know. Um, and her adorable name. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just gonna call her Choo Choo. Uh, she's seeking help from the Republic because of the Trade Federation blockade. Uh, and the Trade Federation says that Pantora owes them a debt and want it paid in order to remove the ships. We don't know what this debt is. It's probably fake. Probably fake. Um, but it's really, it's really about getting them to join the Separatists. Yeah. Scare tactics. Um, Chairman Papanoida is wise to this, and he refuses to pay. You get him, boy. Uh, because of this, a couple of clumsy hands for hire kidnap his two daughters. Uh, and one of these guys is actually poor unlucky Greedo. I will say, at least we figure out he's got a girlfriend in this. Yeah. But having read from a certain, from a certain <laughs> point of view... Oi, 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 what is wrong with me today? Um, knowing that Han stole Greedo's girlfriend at one point or another... That's very funny. I, I, I have to wonder. Is Well, no, she's probably like... She's probably like 20 here. Mm-hmm. And he's probably... He's like a kid. He w- Yeah, it would pro- age probably wouldn't work out. It has to be a different girlfriend. Gotta be. Because um, Greedo, Greedo is in The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. As like a, let's just say he was Anakin's age, nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. At this so, point, he would be 21. Maybe. No, 20. Yeah. He'd be 20. And then fast forward 20 years from this, he's 40 in A New Hope. Uh, we know that Han was 35, so he's five years younger. So he, Han would have been 15 here. Mm-hmm. Which means, I mean, uh, it might work. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Um... So yeah, we, I don't know, it just makes me laugh looking back on it, because I remember turning to you and asking you what the heck a goat man was doing on the screen Oh yeah. during the kidnapping well, scene. Well, and then, uh, it's funny because you hear him yeah. before you see him. <laughs> yeah, you hear a little, and you turn, and, and it, again, so I said this last, uh, not, I almost said last week, no, I said it yesterday uh-huh. when we did the corruption on mandalore episode like i feel like they designed the godel and they were just like put it in everything yes <laughs> use it every time you get a chance <laughs> anyway but yeah the, um what are the daughter's names uh i know one is like amway i it's chi amway and chu chu you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> uh yeah, I know one's... Che? Something? I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't put it in there because it was just weird. I, it's Pantoran names. Yeah, I'm sorry. Pronounce. Like, I only like saying Chuchi and Papanoida, so... Yeah. <laughs> the son's name is Eo. Eon. Or, um, Eon. Eon. Uh, and he's voiced terribly by Seth Green. We'll I love the I love the little ginger, but... <laughs> yes. Um, so... And I say that knowing he's like twice my age. Yeah. Gosh, he's old now. <laughs> oh my goodness, what happened? Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, I know, but goodness. Time. <laughs> oh, goodness. Like, John, like, sands through an hourglass. It's all so gonna end are... one day. I'm not gonna be here. I'm sorry. We're all gonna die. I was going through the opening monologue of Days of Our Lives, and you totally ignored me. I'm sorry. It's like the Olmec Olmec situation all over again. Um, so, after the kidnapping, Chuchi turns to Ahsoka for help. Because, you know, 
It's Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah. Why not more Ahsoka? Yeah. Well, uh, it insinuates they've kind of stayed in contact, I guess, with Spacebook or something. Because it's just like... <laughs> you. <laughs> I, I, Good but, joke. But my point is, is it's like, they don't... It's not like a, oh, hey, long time no see. It's kind of like a, like, hey, I talked to you last week. It's nice to see you, though. Yeah. Kind of relationship, you know? Yeah. There's like a... Which, good for her for having healthy relationships outside of the Jedi Order. Yeah. But darn you for having attachments, you little youngling. <laughs> How dare you think of a father figure. Don't even look at a father figure, I'll stop you with Chuchi my hooves. daddy or something? <laughs> no, I'm talking about Anakin. Oh, Thank yeah. You. You Just in general. But it's like, don't have attachments, but here, have these meaningful relationships. But don't yeah. have attachments. Yeah, make a lifelong friendship, but don't have attachments. Yeah, have I mean, someone save your save someone's life. Right. But don't make an attachment. Right. Um, so they go and investigate the blockade, as you do, um, for clues about the kidnapping, while Papanoida and his son, Eon... Ion. Ion. He's positively charged. Negatively charged? I'm positive that it's Ion, okay? Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> they go uh, investigate the scene of the crime, and they find rhodium blood, which is bright green. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um... They find blood from a struggle, which one of uh, Papa Noda's daughters, Papa, Papa Noda. <laughs> yeah, she uh, hit him over the head. Yeah, with the idol of a moon goddess. <clears throat> yeah, which is, which, I mean, it's actually really, they actually give a clever reasoning why he'd be like, oh, this is odd. Because apparently it came from a very particular place. Yeah. Um, where other idols were. And so him seeing it out of place was one thing, and then... Obviously, moving it, he noticed the blood. Mm -hmm. But it's a similar instance, like, yesterday's episode where it's like, hey, we don't know who this hooded figure is. Enhance. <laughs> and all of a sudden you can see, and he's like, hey, scan this blood. And it's like, you're, what? Yeah. I, like, it's like, like he takes something out of his pocket. Right, it's like, hey, Siri, scan this blood. And, and go away, <laughs> Siri, go, no, wait. Yeah, yeah. She said, "Did you accidentally summon me?" I didn't. Wow. Wow. Howdy, Google. Show <laughs> me the way. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where it's just like, I didn't know that little pocket gadgets could do that. Yeah. And then and then first of all, okay, I get he's a Baron Chairman person. Baron but, Chairman. But person. him to be able to like, hey, run this blood sample and match it, and it's like. He shouldn't have medical record access. No. I'd... That's all kinds of HIPAA yeah. violation. They don't have HIPAA in a galaxy far, far away. It's all kinds of HIPAA violation. <laughs> I can't make words. Okay. Anyway. So, uh, they head to Tatooine. <coughs> they match Sorry. the blood degree, though. Uh, so they head to Tatooine and make him talk about what happened. Uh, first, they go in... Uh, oh, we'll talk about it. Uh, Ahsoka and Chuchi discover that the Trade Federation is indeed behind, which, this is not really a surprise, at all. No, well, yeah, we yeah. we knew, it wasn't like, oh, these klutzes conveniently decided to kidnap, you know, this person, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we know they dirty. One of the daughters is on board. That was clever, though. That was very clever. That was clever. Meanwhile, Papanoida and his son find Greedo at Jabba's palace and are able to convince Jabba to make Greedo help them. 
Yeah, they use the fact that he's a father, and that's the only reason that we see Rhoda again. Mm-hmm. Um, which I also feel like... J- Sometimes this makes it out like Jabba's a little softer than he actually is. Like, no. Yeah, we do get a really. Cute... He's a dad. He's a terrible. He's a terrible slug thing, though. Yeah. Like, don't don't try and, don't try and give him a heart. Yeah, we do get a cute little scene of Rhoda kind of playing, in his father's tail with a bug. Right, and his dad's like, "Eh, don't play with that. Eat it instead." <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. Um. Yeah, so Greedo is forced to reveal that his partner has the other daughter, mm-hmm. which is Goatman. Meh. <laughs> um, they're almost Bill able... Goatman. Bo Goatman. <laughs> Bill, Bill Goatman. Billy Goat. My joke's funnier, dang it. William Goatman. <laughs> Billiam Goatman. <laughs> Billiam. <laughs> okay, shut up. He wears, he wears a black hat and has a crush on an android. <laughs> we don't talk about that. We're not talking about that. Oh, that's my favorite character from Westworld. It's I don't so care. Great. I don't care that's, what anybody that's says. That's such a fantastic reveal at the end of I, season I, 1. I love the men in black. Oh. If you like Westworld, let us know cuz we'll love you forever. If you don't like Westworld, such you need to show. watch it. Yes. Um so they're almost able to trick the partner into giving her up, but a gunfight quickly breaks out. First of all, is... <laughs> Okay, I wanted to slap her blue face because she comes out and is like, Father! And that's what ruins everything. Like, I mean, I don't know what I should expect, but it just frustrated frustrated me because I'm just like, oh, come on! Mm-hmm. Seriously? I don't know. It was one of those things where it's just like, wow. Yeah. But luckily, luckily... They're they're good gunslingers from Pandora. Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, Papanoida and... Ion, huh, yeah, you're right that time, are pretty good with blasters, including uh, the daughter, Che, I'm gonna do it. Um, Che, I'm one way. Che, Che, I'm one way, Che, another way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is offensive to all Pantoran people. I'm sorry, if you're Pantoran, um, call this hotline. Um, (laughs) She she says that she gives no number. (laughs) Seven. Um... (laughs) Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Really. They're, they're able to take out the gangsters pretty easily. Yeah, which, I mean, it speaks more... It makes sense. I love that they at least make it, like, no, these aren't hard gangsters. It's Greedo and a couple of... And Greedo escapes, but it's like... I appreciate that they emphasize they're not, like, high-caliber cla- high gangsters. You know, yeah. because it makes more sense why they'd be able to handle things a little yeah. bit. Yeah, there's know? a reason that they're in Jabba's palace and not out doing stuff. mm you don't see Dengar there. You do in Return of the Jedi, actually. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But not at that moment. No, no, not at that moment. But he he's, does hang out there. He's out doing stuff. I mean, you know, being a toilet paper man is, is a difficult life. It's a very difficult Sometimes job. you just gotta go out of a hot, the hot sun to a slightly less hot temple. Yeah. And just stand there and watch a slug man enjoy his leisurely life. I don't know. Why do you people hang out there? Yeah, right? Like, why are you his posse? Right, like, I mean, his parties aren't even that funky. Yeah, like, I mean, he's got one dancer, and right. she's and standing... Then, and, yeah, and then she got eaten. Exactly, and you cheer, because that's, like, the most interesting thing right. that's, that's happened that's in That's why days. they cheer. They're like, oh, yay, finally something. <laughs> Fun fact. I don't think we mentioned this uh, when we were talking about... I can't remember when we were talking about special edition stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
So we were talking about special editions featuring Boba Fett when we mm-hmm. talked about the extra actors that played him. Fun fact, there was actually an extended scene shot of Ula. The same one. actress came back like 20 years later to play Ula, and you yeah. didn't notice. She looks exactly the same. Wow. It is ridiculous. She That's incredible. Beautiful. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, like, good Twilight. for you. Twilight don't crack, John. <laughs> like I, that was that's one of my favorite little Easter egg things to tell people about because it's just like wow, it, it's crazy. But yeah. anyway, all right, sorry. Yeah, um, there's not a lot of like facts to talk about with this no. episode, so we're just kind of flying things off the rails a little bit. Yeah, um, Ahsoka and Chuchi are able to find the other sister in the detention block, and when the Trade Federation representative challenge the challenges them. Chuchi twists his arm, since the real mastermind was one of his advisors. She says that they'll only charge him with the crime as long as they pack up the blockade and move on out. Which I get she was going for getting the blockade out, but it clearly wasn't just the advisor. And I think it would have been in the better interest to have all of them taken down as conspirators. But that's just me. Yeah. I feel like I get what you're going for. But for the greater good, you should have had all of them arrested. Also, we didn't talk about uh, Ahsoka uses a Jedi mind trick for the first time in this episode. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it's cute because she tricks the guard. She's like, you will let me pass. And she gets passed. And then the guard won't let Chuchi pass. And it's just like, it's funny how literal force tricks are. Yeah, you will let both of us pass. That, I lo- that was good humor. That was yeah. good right there. I loved that. Yeah. It was yeah. also cute because... The gr- at, at first it didn't work, so the guard was like, what? It, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's performance anxiety, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Uh, uh, so, it it works all in favor of the Republic. Well, in the favor of Chuchi. Yeah. Um, because Lot Dodd goes in front of the Senate to put all the, the, the blame... <laughs> to put all of the blame on the one advisor... He even says that it it's not the first time someone in their ranks has worked with the Separatists. Obviously not. Uh, but yet again, the Slimeballs are able to wiggle, wiggle out of any sort of trouble. But at least the family is reunited in the end. Yeah. Because, you know, they're, what they're doing is they're like... they're. First of all, think about the fact that he's not... He he's they're not shy about the fact like Viceroy is a separatist. Yes. And he but they're making it out like Viceroy is acting of, of his own accord when clearly there's a lot of followers to him. But for him to be like yet again, you know, treachery has made its way into our ranks. Like, okay, you've given the speech before. Why is no one investigating? I I'm like, okay, I say that knowing clearly Palpatine's not greasing the wheels to get an investigation done, but it's also like there should be more people being like this is this 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 is this smells like nautilin. It's a little fishy in here, okay? <laughs> uh, like, I you know, smell a and Kip Fisto hasn't been in my apartment lately, so th- it it smells <laughs> like this is just bad news. Does Kip Fisto just come to your house? Yeah. Chill. Mm-hmm. Get in your lobster tank. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool dude to hang out with. Yeah. Leaves stains everywhere he sits, though. <laughs> it's like it's just like he's constantly wet. <laughs> He's constantly damp. He's at that age. <laughs> um, anyway, so, but yeah, I was just, 
it, you're meant to not like it. I'm supposed to be frustrated with this because we all know the truth of it all. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's just like, ugh. Like, you just want to punch these scrunchy little raisin faces in the face. Scrunchy little raisin faces. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, they're frustrating. Star Wars politics is frustrating, mostly because we know how it all ends and blah, blah, blah. And, but there's so many clues. Yeah. But anyway. Um, another good episode, though. Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's the reason, like, it was a big conversation for us of, like, do we cut anything out? Because, yeah, it's a filler, but it's a really good episode. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, Assassin and this, we really could have cut out been like, eh, it doesn't have any big plot. Yeah. Obviously, Arc Troopers does. But, you know, we could have saved ourselves a couple of episodes, but at the same time, it's like you miss out on what makes these episodes great as well and, and the meaningful relationships in them and, um, you know, the the fun story. So there's there's a lot to take in with enjoying filler sometimes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like when people talk about Twin Peaks, but they completely ignore the second season. Yeah. Or, I mean, in, you know, me growing up with Dragon Ball Z, like, I enjoyed what I had, and to be frank, most of what I had was filler. Yeah. So people being like, oh, filler sucks, is like, that's all that I have, so I like it, actually. Hey, John. Hi. Let's go drive cars. (laughs) That's a very... That's a learned reference. Yeah. Um, That's filler. Now, I'll give you that episode. Goku learning to drive. That was an episode we did not need. Garlic Jr., I'll accept. You'll accept Garlic Jr.? Yes. I do not accept... <laughs> I do not accept this Garlic Jr. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Whatever. Well, but anyway. Um, Garlic Jr. So yeah, so next week... Thanks. We will be back with our main show. And if you didn't see on uh, Facebook... Our main show's been switched up a bit. It was supposed to be uh, featuring uh, special guest Michael Morrissey, author of the Flight of the Falcon series in the Star Wars Adventure comics. Um, but that's going to be the following week because uh, of schedule stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So instead, this week we're going to be doing what we would have done this Wednesday, which is a focus on women of the galaxy, this time on the rogues of the galaxy. And so... it. I mean, we always love doing our Women of the Galaxy episode. and Two hours, all Gardula the Hutt. <laughs> um, and we have uh, plenty to talk about. Um, next week uh, on the Clone Wars Rewatch, though, Zero comes back in full force. And so it's going to be a great episode there. Um, definitely something to enjoy. And, yeah, we're just in that point with the Clone Wars. Every episode uh, of the Rewatch is going to be... Yeah. Filled with talking about great episodes. Can I just say how much I love how campy Zero's voice is? And I'm excited to hear more of it. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I just love the fact that it's Corey Burton and it's the same voice behind Dooku and just. just yeah. I, it's so funny. Uh, it's just so funny to me the range that that man has. But, oh, yeah. You gotta have a range. <clears throat> but anyway, so hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Make sure that you, if you haven't already, like us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter so that you can let us know what you liked about these episodes and. All that good stuff, because uh, we also want to know your favorite rogue women of the Star Wars galaxy. Maybe they'll get featured on the main show this coming Wednesday. All that good stuff. Thank you to Rebecca on Patreon, who is a part of helping make this happen. 
You're awesome, Rebecca, and if you want to be awesome like Rebecca, you can head over to our Patreon to find out more about how you can support the show, creation of current episodes, creation of future episodes, and get rewarded uh, for all of it, because it's awesome. So head over to Patreon to check that out, see what goodies we got for you. Other than that, enjoy what's left of your weekend. Uh, I'm going to try to enjoy the rest of my weekend. I'm going to enjoy what's left of Pop-Tart. It's going to be such a crazy week. But nonetheless, we're going to be delivering awesome Star Wars content for you. Um, And so, yeah, thanks for being a a part of the fun. It wouldn't be half as fun making this show if there weren't uh, all you beautiful people on the other end listening to it. So. Yeah. Um, and so if you really do love the show, make sure you let others know. You can show your love for the show by leaving reviews wherever you do listen to podcasts, but especially we'd appreciate if you head over to Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, whichever, uh, you know, whatever it's called. Uh, but... If you'd head over there and leave a um, review, we'd greatly appreciate it. And to the dude that left a one-star review, like, leave a comment if you're going to do that. Like, if there's something we can improve, let us know. That's just kind of a kind of shady move there. Just be mm-hmm. like, eh, one star. Why? I'm not bitter. Fight me, bro. But don't. I'm frail. Uh, anyway, so yeah. We outie? We outie. All right, I've been your herd leader, John Wayne. Uh, Rebel Rebel, I'm a popcorn fiend. What? <laughs> Pop-Tart, sorry. Okay, well, anyway, guys, stay scruffy, and may the force be with ya. Be.